Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Let me pray with you. Father, we just give you thanks this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this church. We thank you for, for everyone, Lord, connected with this body. Thank you for the congregation that is here today. Lord, on a very important weekend of the year, a time that uh, many people are gone, Lord, you have brought together a beautiful crowd today, and I just give you thanks for that. Thank you for Pastor Joaquin and his, and his family, his wife, his children. Thank you for his leadership. Thank you for his, for his people. Lord, we just ask for the anointing now of your Holy Spirit to fall upon us today. We come to deliver your word. Lord, we are not coming to tickle ears. Father, we're coming to give the word of God today and to speak it with power and to speak it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, we just commit our time together in this service. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His name is the Apostle Paul. At the time of his writing to his young son, he was in a Roman prison awaiting his death that is very imminent. Really not a prison, it probably was more like a dungeon than just a regular jail cell room. I would think it's damp in that dungeon. It's cold and it's dark. His days of ministry, church planting and, and mentoring are ending. His mind is on the next generation. His spiritual son, Timothy, who is stepping up and assuming more of the ministry, assuming more of ministerial responsibility. It's from this dungeon that he is pinning his second letter to his young son in the faith, his friend, his colleague. He is giving him encouragement and advice that if Timothy will heed to what he's saying, it will result in success. But if he neglects his advice, it will be devastating. Listen as the apostle speaks in 2 Timothy 1, verses 3 through 7. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and also in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded it now lives in you also. For this reason, now here's the advice. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you by the laying on of my hands for the spirit of God did not give us or did not, does not make us timid but he gives us power and love and self-discipline. Fan the flame. Fan the flame he says to his young friend he is encouraging him to stay on fire for Jesus. He is encouraging him to keep his life under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Hebrews 12, 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. There's one thing you cannot do. You cannot divide God and fire. 
where the presence of God is, there's going to be fire. Where the presence of God is, there's going to be power. Where the presence of God is, there's going to be an anointing. There's going to be a presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, there's, there's something about fire, a flame. It catches our attention and it makes us want to stop what we're doing and, and draw closer. I mean, we'll drive down the highway and if we see a fire truck going somewhere, we'll turn around and follow that fire truck because we know it's probably going to a fire. There's just, there's just something about fire that, that draws us, fire that provides warmth, illumination, and it serves as a focal point that draws us all together. There's just something about fire. I love sitting by the fireplace and reading. I like to get real close, especially in the wintertime, and we do have winter in Oklahoma. I like to get close to the fireplace and feel the warmth and have the light, read the scripture, read what is a man, read the next generation, read whatever book that I'm reading. I just There's something about just drawing close to a flame or drawing close to a fire. Fire is an ideal metaphor for passion, a burning and consuming force that is unquenchable. This morning I'm speaking to you on the subject, plateau or passion? What is your desire today? Are you at a place in plateau in your walk with God? Have you plateaued in your Christian experience? Is your marriage plateaued? Is your leadership plateaued? Is your testimony plateaued? Or is your life measured by passion today? Is your passion for God higher than it's ever been before? Is your passion for your marriage stronger than it's ever been before? Is your passion in your testimony, does it reflect passion when you share about your experience with the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it a drudgery for you to get out of, was it a drudgery for you to get out of bed this morning? Or did you get out of bed this morning with a spring in your step and an excitement in your heart that this is the day the Lord has made and I'm gonna rejoice and I'm gonna be glad. I can't wait to get to the house of God today. I wanna worship with the saints. I wanna hear the preaching of the word of God. I wanna be around people of like-minded faith. I want to be engaged today. I want to be challenged today. I want my heart to be set on fire by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Plateau or passion. What is your desire today? See, the fire of God is something that we learn about in Scripture from the very beginning to the very end of the book that we call the Bible. We're acquainted with fire in the life of Moses when he was there in the desert and God spoke to him from a bush that was on fire, a fire that could not be extinguished, a fire that could not go out or would not go out all the way to the book of Revelation where we study about the fire when John was given a vision of God on the Isle of Patmos and he saw fiery eyes and he saw legs of bronze like burnt 
brass. I want to tell you this morning, the fire of God resonates all through the word of God. When the fire of God touches your life and touches my life, that fire is meant to burn forever, never to go out on our hearts or in our hearts and on our life and in our testimony for the glory of God. Praise his wonderful name. See, fire does many things in the life of the believer, but there are really two main results of fire in your life and in my life. First and foremost, fire of God ignites our hearts. There's something about God's fire in in our hearts today. It's been a long time. Our brother mentioned 1971. I started in ministry before many of you were born. But I want to tell you that in 1969, when I came to Jesus as a senior in high school in Portsmouth, Virginia, I remember when I came to the Lord and I was saved on February the 23rd, 1969. And I remember as I accepted Christ as my personal Savior and I learned more than than the fact that I could just be born again. I learned that I could be filled with the Holy Spirit. I learned about a Pentecostal fire. I learned about a Pentecostal presence. I learned about the fire of God that could be set on the altar of your heart and that fire would never go out. June 26th of next month, I'm going to turn a young 66 years of age. But I want to tell you that these decades later, that that fire of God that was set in my heart under a communion table in an old Pentecostal church up there in 1969, that fire is still on my heart today. Praise his wonderful name and the passion of God that can fill a believer, enthuse a believer, and God a believer through his life. When the fire is on you, it's meant to be there forever. It's not meant to be extinguished. It's never meant to go out. It's meant to burn forever. But the fire of God not only ignites our hearts, but the fire of God exposes our works. In in Luke chapter 12, verse 2, the word of God says, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. 1 Corinthians 13, or 3.13 reads, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work what sort it is. There's no... The only hidden life, listen to me now, the only hidden life is the life that's hid in God. It's what the word of God teaches us. Our lives are hid in him. Anything else is going to be revealed. You can, you, can have a, you, you can have something in your life that needs correction. You can have something in your life that you know is not right. And you need to repent of it and you need to have it cleansed and you need the fire of God to be set on it. Remember this, you can reveal it now or he will reveal it later. It doesn't make any difference because the fire of God exposes every work. The fire of God creates a a passion within each of us. Passion. It's something you can't live without, friend. Everybody appreciates your passion. Your wife appreciates your passion, men. Men, you appreciate your wife's passion. Your children appreciate your passion. The Lord appreciates your passion. It's passion. Every one of us have passion today. We're passionate about something. There's something that grabs our attention. 
But I want you to know that there's a passion for God. Praise his wonderful name that we live with. And it's a part of who we are. The thing is, is that if you don't keep that passion up to date, that passion will begin to wane. That passion will begin, the lack of passion in your life will begin to manifest and it will, it will be revealed. There are five ways that you can lose your spiritual passion. First of all, you can neglect God. You can neglect the person of God and the practices of faith. God, prayer, and worship. They are practices of faith that we must have in our lives. God is in control of your life. God is in control of my life. Prayer is our communication with God and worship is our expression unto God for what he has done for us and what he is going to do for us. But you neglect, you neglect those practices and your passion will wane. You'll lose your spiritual passion if you just center life on yourself. If everything's about you, if everything's about me, if everything is about I, your passion will wane. Your passion will, 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 you will lose that passion in your life. If you depend just on your natural abilities, if you depend just on your natural talents, your passion will lose, you will lose passion in your life. When you disconnect yourself from community and you disconnect yourself from relationships, you will lose that passion. That was a beautiful portrait that we saw on the screen um, this morning of over 30 married couples together last night in someone's home, studying the word of God, building community, connecting in relationship. That's who we are. That's what the body of Christ is. That's what we're created for. We're created to love the Lord. We're created to love one another. We're created for community and we're created for relationship. Don't lose your spiritual passion. You can conform to the world one compromise at a time. And you'll lose your spiritual passion. But the point is this today. Is it passion or is it plateau? It's your choice. Nobody's going to hold a gun to you and make you decide. That is your decision. That is your choice. So I'm just here today. You know, I can just come in and and just, you know, stir you up and, you know, make you mad or whatever. You know, it don't make no difference. I'm out of here Tuesday and then Pastor Joaquin's got to come back and clean up behind me. That's okay. But here it is. The choice is yours today. Is it going to be a passionate life or is it going to be a plateaued life? Passion or plateau? What are you going to choose? What is your desire this morning? The Cambridge Dictionary defines plateau as to reach a level and to stay there. To reach a level and stay there. That's what plateau means. Passion continues to go. Passion continues to grow. Passion is never satisfied. Passion is never content. Passion is desiring more and more and more and more. Passion must have God's presence. Passion must have God's blessing. Passion must have God's power. Passion must have God's presence. Passion must have God's fire. Passion must have the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. But Plato, Plato says, I have arrived. I'm satisfied. I'm content. I'm going to camp right here. I want to say to you, my brother, my sister, plateau will destroy you. Plateau 
is not God's residence for you. Plateau is not your legacy, and plateau is not your destination. The enemy wants you to park it at the residence called plateau. You're satisfied, and you don't need anything else. Passion wants you to park at its residence where you never have enough. You can't, you can't love God enough. You can't love your wife enough. You can't love your children enough. You can't love your, your, your brothers and sisters in Christ enough. You can't love having God's blessing on your life and you can't worship enough and, and you can't praise enough and, 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 and you can't worship enough because there's a passion in your life that you want more and more and more. See, both churches and believers, Christians, have a danger of reaching a growth plateau. And believe me, it's very difficult to overcome. In the scripture, I can show you many examples of a plateau church. I can also show you an example, many examples of a plateau leader or a plateau believer. No great example of a plateau church than the church at Ephesus that you read about in the book of Revelation chapter 2. When John writes to the seven churches of Asia Minor, he writes into the church of Ephesus and he kind of opens up his uh, greeting to that church kind of positive. He acknowledges their works. He acknowledges, you know, what they have been and what they have done. He acknowledges their deeds. But yet he says to them, I have something, something against you. There's a problem in the church at Ephesus that we read about in Revelation chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. John says, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If you're reading another version, you may read, you have left your first love. Probably the King James or the New King James uses the, the term first love. Here is a church that has plateaued because they have left that first love. That fire that ignited their hearts when they were first established. The fire that was upon them when they were, they were, were growing and becoming a strong church in Ephesus. But now the word comes to them, you have left your first love. There are many churches across America today that are not a vibrant house like Spring of Life Fellowship. There are many houses across America today. I'm, I'm a part of a classical I'm a part of a classical Pentecostal movement. We are 111 years old. We have congregations all over the United States. But I stand before you today to tell you that many of our congregations are getting small. Many of our congregations have, have lost the fire and they've, they've lost the power and they've lost the passion and they've lost the vision. And unless something happens, those doors will close not too far in the distant future. Churches can plateau. Churches can just reach a place where they said, we're satisfied. We have everything that we need and everything that we want. And God comes and says, but you've left your first love. Repent. Do the first works once again. Recapture the passion. Recapture the excitement, recapture the presence. I love the story of Elijah. You know, when you read 1 Kings 18 and 19, it's pretty cool. I mean, 1 Kings 18, man, he's on fire for God. I mean, that fire is flowing in his life. He's calling fire down from heaven. And the water that's in the trenches, that fire just evaporates. And man, 
the prophets of Baal, they have run into something that's stronger than they are. And Elijah prays and he calls that fire down. It's amazing to me that in chapter 18, he's so on fire for God. Man, he's passionate, he's, he's powerful, he's walking in the flow of the Spirit. But when you get to chapter 19, things change. Things change. There's a, there, there's a, there's a leader by the name of Jezebel. And she sends this prophet a message that intimidates him. And I can't believe this man that's got so much fire bows to, to a woman that says, I'm going to destroy your life. I'm going to, I'm going to do to you what you have done to all of the prophets of Baal. And the Bible says that he goes off into the wilderness and he finds a broom tree and he gets under that broom tree and he prays a prayer to, the, to God says, Oh God, I have had enough. Let me die. And he falls asleep under the broom tree. If you're reading another translation, you're probably reading it's a juniper tree, but it's called a broom tree and he's sleeping under the tree. God knew that this prophet was not going to stay in that condition. He sends an angel to him and wakes him up, feeds him, gets him strong. He gets revived. He repents. He, 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 the passion, once again, is building his life. He's looking for an earthquake. He's looking for a wind. He's looking for a fire. But God says, not this time. You're going in a cave. And he goes in a cave. And he hears the small voice of God. He hears the still small voice of God. And there he has an encounter with God. And this plateaued leader is an example to us that you can plateau. You can plateau as a Christian. You can plateau as a leader. But you don't have to stay there. Let God set his fire on your life again. Let the presence and power of the Holy Spirit come on your life. Again, you have to rekindle the fire in your life. I like the words of Pope Francis when he spoke at uh, St. Peter's Square on August 14, 2016. Hear the words that flow from the Pope. This is the fire of the Holy Spirit. If the church does not receive this fire, it will become a cold and lukewarm church incapable of giving life. I like this quote from Sergio de la Mora, pastor of Cornerstone Church of San Diego. He says, the course of your life is determined by the condition of your heart. Did you hear that? Let me give that to you again. The course of your life is determined by the condition of your heart. I love that New Testament story that kind of goes like this. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. Somebody else ought to say hallelujah besides the preacher. All right. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. (laughs) And there's a lot of confusion in Jerusalem. What has happened to him? Where is he? Has someone stolen the body of our Lord? Where is Christ? I love this story. Now, this little southern Pentecostal here now is going to play with you a little bit because I love to tell this story. There's these two disciples from Emmaus, and they're walking on this road. It's about seven miles from Emmaus to Jerusalem. And they're walking, and they are discussing the matter of where is Christ? Where is the resurrected Christ? What's happened? Do you, Cleophas, one, one of them's name, Cleophas, Cleophas, you think somebody stole his body? Cleophas, 
What do you think? What do you think? And all of a sudden, <laughs> Jesus in his resurrected body. <laughs> oh, y'all better leave me alone now because this little Pentecostal from southern Virginia here is getting wound up. Praise the Lord. These two guys are walking on the road to Emmaus. And they're talking about the things that have happened. And all of a sudden, the resurrected Christ joins them on the road to Emmaus. The disturbing thing about this story is they didn't recognize him. How in the world would you not recognize the resurrected Lord the fulfiller of prophecy. He's walking with them and he is listening to them and uh, all of a sudden he breaks in to the, discussion, to the discussion and says, why is it that you are so slow to believe what the prophets prophesied that Jesus would come, he would live, he would suffer, and he would die. But he will rise again. Why are you so slow to believe what the prophets has said? And even after that, they still did not recognize him. Now you're talking about plateaued. They are sub-plateaued. They're not just plateaued, they're under the plateau. And they're walking along and finally they reach their residence. And they invite this personality, because it's near evening, they invite this personality, how about coming and sharing a meal with us? He obliges. He enters into their residence. The, the food, the, the bread is placed on the table. And Jesus, in his Resurrected body. He takes bread and he breaks it. And Luke says, and then he vanished. He just vanished. <laughs> this same Jesus who you have seen being taken away from you today shall in like manner come back again. <laughs> Praise his wonderful name. He vanishes out of their sights. And those two disciples look and say, did not our hearts burn within us as he opened up the scriptures unto us? Their hearts were set ablaze. Their hearts were on fire as they had an encounter with our resurrected Lord and our resurrected Savior. I want to tell you this morning as I get ready to close, I'm kind of like the evangelist from Dallas, Texas, used to preach for me a lot when I was in pastoral ministries. He would say, and now I'm getting ready to close. And then he would never close. And then he would say, and now I'm getting ready to close for the second time. And if he was under that Pentecostal fire, there wasn't going to be no closing the second time. And then he would say, well, would you let me just have one more closure? He said, I'm going to close, but as I prepare to close this morning, 
It's either plateau or it's passion. And if you find yourself in a plateaued position this morning, and let me tell you something. When you plateau with God, it's going to impact every other area of your life. It's going to impact not just you. It's going to impact your family. My children, when I was in, my children were small and I was in pastoral work for 32 years. Sometimes in the evening if I'd had a hard day, maybe uh, I had dealt with a difficult situation. Every once in a while in my life, I've had to deal with difficult people. Now, y'all probably don't have to worry about that in Miami. But I'm telling you up there in the state of Virginia, I'm telling you there's so many difficult people I don't know what in the world to do. But my boys could come in and they could say, they would say to my mom, what's wrong with dad? What's wrong with dad? Dad, dad have a hard day? They could, they could see it. Man, if dad didn't have the fire burning and didn't have that encouragement, hey, guys, I love you. You know, come here and give dad a hug. You know, stuff like that. But maybe sometime be off to myself because I had a very hard day. See, my children would even recognize, mom, dad okay? Dad okay? no. Your dad's had a hard day. Your dad had a very difficult situation he had to deal with today. So let's just, let's just give him a little space and dad will be back. Dad will be back. See, when you plateau, it shows up everywhere. When you plateau in your walk with the Lord, it shows up in your family. It'll show up in your marriage. It'll show up in the relationship with your children. It'll show up on the job. It'll show up in church. And listen, it shows up everywhere. But I want to tell you this morning that if you find yourself plateauing, don't stay there. There's a solution. It's called rekindle the fire. It's called rekindle the fire. See, I wrote this real early this morning that says when our hearts are on fire, our faith catches fire. When our hearts are on fire, our faith catches fire. And when our faith catches fire, our beliefs turn into boldness. Our desires turn to desperation. Our prayers turn to soul cries and intercession. The written word of God in our minds becomes the written word of God in our hearts and we move from just knowing about God with our heads and we become intimate with God in prayer and worship and praise and, and blessing the Lord. Plateau or passion. Your choice. Your decision. If you're plateaued this morning, the only advice I have for you is please don't stay there because you're going to be miserable. And I'm here for a couple of days, and if you're going to be around me, I don't want you making me miserable. Let the fire be rekindled in your life and let the fire be rekindled in your heart. Plateau or passion, it's your choice. It's your decision. Today, I plead with you from my heart, from a passionate heart. Keep that fire burning. Keep that fire burning. Keep that passion at a high level. And if you're plateauing in your walk with God today, or you're plateauing in your life, you're plateauing in your home, plateauing. Rekindle the fire. Rekindle 
the fire today. Amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, the one thing about a Pentecostal preacher, he preaches fast and he gets done earlier. <laughs> now, I've given you what God gave me. There's no need of belaboring the point. Plateau or pa It's your choice. Bow your heads with me, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the power of the gospel today and thank you, Lord, for the fire of God. <laughs> thank you for the fire of God today. From that prison cell that dungeon, as the apostle wrote to his young friend, colleague, son in the faith, Timothy, fan the flame of God, the fire that you received when I laid my hands on you and commissioned you to be a minister of Christ. Father, today I'm asking you here at Spring of Life Fellowship. Thank you for a beautiful crowd today. Thank you, Lord, for the receptivity that, that I have felt from this body of believers for the word of God that has been proclaimed and delivered. I stand before you with strong conviction that I have given my all and I have given to this audience what you gave me. So now, Father, I recognize that from here on out, you're in charge. It's what you do in our hearts, and in our lives. I'm asking you this morning, Lord, to help us. Help us as individuals that if there's anything about us that is hitting a plateau level, a plateau level, God, that we will not stay there. And we will pray today for the fire of the Holy Spirit to be rekindled in our hearts and in our lives, we pray. Do it. Do it. Do it for your people. For the glory of God. Just let your head remain bowed a moment, your eye closed. I just want to just ask you real quickly. I think we're okay on time. Next service is at 12, so we did well. You've heard the word of God this morning. Maybe the Holy Spirit has tapped you on the shoulder and said, pay attention. God has brought someone to the house, put a message in his heart about the fire of God and a challenge. Are you going to be passionate or are you going to live a plateaued life? Remember, a plateau life just simply means that you have arrived to a certain place and you're staying there. The passionate life is a life that says, not enough. I need more. I need more. And I need more of God. If you're here this morning and you just to me, Pastor Bill, the Spirit of the Lord has talked to me today. Thank you for sharing the word. Thank you for obeying the Holy Spirit but I know what you're talking about. I need to rekindle the fire in my life. I've hit a plateau area. and it's You're right, Pastor Bill. It shows up everywhere. 
It's something you can't hide when you, everybody else sees it also. Would you pray for me today that the fire of God will be rekindled in my life? And I want to, I want to have that passion that you've talked about today. If that be, would be true, would you raise your hand right now and say, yes, just pray. Just pray for me. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 You can put them down. Put them down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, Pentecostals like to have a little. Can somebody play one of these keyboards? Is there anybody here that got, that's got that gift? Praise the Lord. If you do, please come. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Boy, what a response, Jorge. What a response in this house. Mm. Now, I want to tell you, we don't have a lot of room down here. But we're going to get everybody in here that we can. And then we'll have to go up the aisles or spread the wings, whatever. But I want us to pray for a rekindling of the fire I'm telling you, I am blessed by the number of hands that have gone up this morning. Please pray for the rekindling of the fire in my life. Hallelujah. So I'm going to invite you to come. And the first ones that come, you got to get in here tight. I mean tight. Because this place is going to fill up. I want you to come. You're coming. We're going to pray for a rekindling of the fire. That's right. Come on up on the steps. That's fine. Praise the Lord. Just come on in tight. Come on in tight. Praise the Lord. The people are coming. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Glory to God. Lord, we just thank you today. Man, praise the Lord. Mm. We learn from the book of Job that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, beholding both the good and the evil. I want to tell you, God, this is a beautiful scene before the Lord this morning. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. We're just going to begin to pray. We're going to call on the Lord this morning. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit and the fire of God to just visit with us for a few minutes today and let there be a rekindling in our hearts. I believe there's some people that came to Spring of Life this morning. You kind of, you were on a little bit of a plateau level. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to leave here today on a higher level. Praise Him. Glory to God. You came in on this level, you're leaving on this level. Praise His wonderful wonderful name. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. Now I'll tell you right now, don't leave all the praying to me. I'm going to start praying. I want you to start praying. And our prayer is very simple right now. We're asking God for a rekindling of fire. We're asking God to come and rekindle the fire in our hearts and in our lives. We're praying for those who are who have come today that are just saying, Pastor Bill, I have plateaued in my walk with the Lord. I've plateaued and I, I, I need to step up today. I need the fire of God to be set on my heart today in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning. Praise God. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the word of God. We thank you today, Father, for the, the, the receptivity, Lord, of people today. We're hungry for your word. We're hungry for your presence. We're hungry for your power. We're hungry for the fire. We're hungry for the Holy Spirit today. Come, God. Come right now. Visit with us, Lord, around this altar. Visit with us, God, here at the front. Lord, today in the name of Jesus, and rekindle a fire in my heart and in my life today. God, we're just coming in faith. We're coming, God, as your people. Lord, we're not, we're not coming because we simply done something wrong. We're coming because we just want more of you. We just want more of your fire. We want more of your spirit. We want more of your presence. We want more and more and more of you.
Praise the Lord. I want to tell you, as I've walked back and forth across this stage and prayed for people, and I want you to know that I've prayed for all of you. And the one thing that I've prayed for in particular, that if you came to this service today plateaued, that I'm believing that this day has changed you in that area. Praise the Lord. If you don't, if you don't remember anything else that this little Southern Pentecostal said today, just remember this. You can't live a plateaued life because it shows up everywhere. Shows up everywhere. It's a miserable place to live. And if you don't think so, just check the latest suicide rates. It's a miserable place to live. There's no joy there. There's no fulfillment there. There's no passion there. There's no vision there. The enemy would like for us to live there. But that's no residence for me, and that is no residence for you. Anytime you feel anything like that, you've got to rekindle the fire in your life. Remember, when Paul wrote that letter to Timothy, he didn't give him the idea that just whenever he, you know, that anytime he did something supernatural would just come down and take care of it. He said, no, you have to stir it up. Remember, he put the, he, he put the, he put the burden on him. Now, you stir up the gift of God that's within you. Now, that's, that's our assignment. We stir it up, but when we stir it, the fire comes. Hallelujah. And you no longer. And I believe some... I believe some plateaus been dealt with today and we're not going to stay there. We're going to walk in a life that's full of passion, a life that is full of God's fire. Stay away from plateau because you can't hide it. Everybody knows it. Hey, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been great being with you this morning. Praise God.